Yo, what up, y'all? Welcome back to the show. My name is Peter Agustin. You're listening to The House List. Um, I'm walking around my apartment right now because I'm packing up because I'm moving. I've been packing for what feels like a couple of months now. And uh, it's been quite a process, I can tell you that. Having lived in New York for 15 years now, I've been accumulating a lot of stuff. I'm sure if you've listened to this show before, then you know that oftentimes I bring up records and tapes and CDs and things like that to the people that I'm talking to or interviewing. And I have, you know, a vast collection of shit. But I'm moving to L.A. and I can't take all that stuff with me. So some of it I'm going to take, some of it I'm going to stash somewhere. And a lot of it I've just been putting out on the street for people to take. Mad records um so while i've been packing up i've been trying to record a couple episodes before i leave and today's is with a an old friend of mine um a guy i've worked with who's done some design work for my old label female fun and who has been uh making strides um with his own art project my wingman uh his name is tony depuerto <laughs> I know, I just butched that. But Antonio, Tony, um, who I've known for a long time, um, he came through. We kind of chatted about the podcast and talked about his um, uh, his project, My Wingman, which is like a single-panel comic. You can find it on Instagram. And uh, he just put out his first book, or it's like a zine collection of stuff called Five Years of Camaraderie and Connection, the Collected Works of My Wingman, Volume 1, 2013 to 2018. And uh, you can buy it from him. It's dope. I'm looking at it right now. And uh, the best way to kind of uh, see his work is really on the IG, on the gram, backslash My Wingman, W-I-N-G-M-A-N. So we just chop it up. This is a fun one, man. And... Uh, just shout out to all y'all for keep for listening. I really, really appreciate it. I'm hoping that there's going to be a lot of great new kinds of episodes out in California. And obviously, I've traveled there multiple times for the show. And um, I do not doubt I'm going to be traveling back to New York to record. There's a bunch that I have not gotten done um, that I'm actively talking with people, producers and rappers and anybody really so there's going to be some really cool ones to come of course and i did record a handful of really great conversations before i'm about to take off which is in a matter of days uh, upon this recording so you know um it's been a long time since i moved and definitely moved cross country and um but i lived in california for a while went to college there as you know humboldt state university and um, I moved from there, from Arcata, California, to New York. Although I'm an East Coast guy. I'm from Virginia originally. If you listen to the show, you know all that, though. So anyway, um, yeah, let's see how this goes, you know. Hope it goes well. And just keep tuning in. And check out this chat, me and my man Tone. Um, just chopping it up a little bit. But cop, cop his zine, if you can. Everything is dated. Each page is a different single panel um, comic that he wrote and drew and it dates back to the very beginning all the way to some great selections uh, at, from right now um, so yo enjoy peace y'all 
Um, I have a joke I wanted to open this conversation with. Okay. Which is, it's a hip-hop joke. Um, I, like it. I wonder if I... I don't know. You might know this. I don't know how popular it is. I just heard it myself. Uh, what's a rapper's uh, favorite food? What's a rapper's favorite food? I don't know. It's um, a, a two-pack of Notorious B.I.G. M&M's. That is terrible. <laughs> I didn't. It's it's funnier when you read it. Trust me. Like I guess that was the first time I ever said it out loud. So. I uh, I like that one. All right, hip hop humor is kind of uh, yeah, a tough one to pull off. But uh, I always look for a good pun. Whatever, yeah. as you know. Definitely. Yes. Um, I'm also watching. This isn't hip hop related, but I'm pretty fascinated by this movie. I don't know if you've seen this uh, um, Adam Sandler vehicle for Netflix. Um, this is the new stand-up special. No, no. This is actually oh. a film uh, uh, where he's portraying a character. Uh, no, I've not seen this. Um, Sandy Wexler is uh, this movie where he's a kind of uh, old school old school agent book, agent guy. Yeah, like a Hollywood agent. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I heard about it. It's good. Um, I, I don't know if I call it good. <laughs> the cast is incredible. He has pulled out like every gigantic cameo in Hollywood. You know, you know Sandler. He's hit or miss, but when he hits. Yeah. And he's is those the same guys? David Spade. Oh yeah. David Spade. Uh, Chris uh, Rock. I don't know why he always does his movies. Um Rob Schneider. You know, the heavy hitters, of course. Yeah, that that, that SNL class. Oh yeah. Class of ninety two. Yeah. It, yeah. He's obsessed with and uh, who's the guy from King of Queens? That fat guy. The big guy. The new Chris Farley. Yeah. He's in it. <laughs> um so anyway, um, so we were going to maybe chat about the podcast. Yes, I wanted to know about, well, first of all, one of the best music podcasts, not just saying that, <laughs> interviews in depth, the taste, the level of taste, the people you find, oh, unbelievable. You. Well, before we go any further, too, I guess yes. we should uh, let the people know who you are, too. There's no context at all here. I'm a very good old friend of Peter's, yeah. Tony DiPietro. Worked with Peter on his old record label. Yeah, on, on Female Fun. Female Fun did some album designs which was incredible yeah Sadat X J Rawls look them up yeah um and then what I just learned is that you did Lil Dap's album I Adapt I I did that was one of that was probably 10 years ago now yeah you've done some other artists uh albums too yeah I did Time Machine did uh I work with them I don't know if it ever oh no I did some stuff on on the label oh yes on Glow in the Dark Glow in the Dark Records and then I did uh Tough City Wow, a really? bunch of Tough City records. and uh, Who was the guy that did Tough City? What was his name? Aaron Fuchs. Yes. Notorious. Yeah, very notorious. Uh, yeah, he's got a bad reputation. He's like a Will Sokolov. These are like these old school record yes. label guys that sort of have been really prolific but have you know dubious reputations with certain people in the industry. Yeah, I don't know what it is. He got basically a bunch of people's music. Old school. Ultra magnetic. Ultra magnetic. Grandmaster Cads. Right. They keep kind of cranking out YZ. He's got a whole right. YZ catalog, and he keeps kind of putting them out every few years. Right. So I caught a wave about ten years ago where I did a whole bunch of of that work, and uh, it was cool. I mean, actually, one of your former guests, uh-huh. Keo. Keo. Oh, Lord Scott. He posted a Grandmaster Cads album cover that I put together on his Instagram recently. <laughs> Dope. And I think the, the connection was Phase 2 to the lettering. So I actually worked oh, with okay, Phase cool. 2 Dope. for our Grandmaster Kaz cover. So yeah, that's... Amazing. That's another connection between the house list 
and me and you. Yeah, well, that conversation was one of my favorite ones, the Lord Scotch episode. Now, yeah. apparently you've done 100 of these or, or more. Well, as of right now, as far as what I've posted, <laughs> I'm at 101. So I'm not sure when this one will publish, but I've got a bunch, or, you know, a few in the stock right now. I have to say, I was, I was loving that one. I actually didn't know who he was exactly, but I did know that he was Jonathan Lethem's brother. Right. Of the book, and he's in the book uh, Fortress of Solitude, Correct. based on him. Yeah, yes. which uh, and then yeah, his interview with you was great. I mean, yeah, original yeah. member of third base. Yeah, something like sort that. Of say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just uh, yeah, was definitely there at the beginning of that group. Um, and then he went on to a Dallas Penn interview, and I thought yours was much better. Oh, thank much you very more much. in depth. No, no, not just saying that. Yeah, I haven't listened to that one. I'd I like to think that mine is uh, could possibly be the definitive one. I'm going to say yours was before his, and I, oh, I want to say Dallas. I think he kind of did a practice run. It was very similar stories on okay, the Dallas cool. Penn one. Cool, cool. Well, since this was, that was you know predates his, then you know maybe I got the scoop on that one too. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Uh, what else? What was another favorite? So of mine? you've been checking. You've checked some of the episodes. Yeah. I feel like if I have not heard a hundred, I've heard twenty-five, fifty. I've definitely seen you up on some of some of the SoundCloud. I pop comments. on the SoundCloud. So you know, Peter, we were just talking before. I I work in advertising. Right. I, I do have some downtime at the desk. So is that how you listen to them on the SoundCloud? Between that, mostly that, or driving to my in-laws in New Hampshire. There's a lot of nice. time to uh, listen to podcasts, so I catch up with you there. Uh, how, uh, which way do you listen to it that way? Through Apple Podcasts? Or? Apple Podcasts. I know. I'm, I'm, I, I'm I need to be like... on Spotify. I feel so embarrassed that it's not. But well, You'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah, It's because it, I host it through SoundCloud. That's the thing where it can't. you can't upload into oh. Spotify. It has to be on a different uh, host. Another, another host. Okay. So that's the only reason why. You'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yes. Um Yes, SoundCloud in the office with my headphones on, pretending Dope. to work, listening to your buttery, buttery voice, <laughs> interviewing obscure artists, but even well-known ones. Yeah, and I'm sure you know most of them. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you pull out people I forgot about. I want to bring up one that I was just thinking about, Pal Joey. Yes, Pal Joey. Classic, known for the house anthem, hot music. Yeah, yeah, big, big record. Huge record, but I also remember him from the BDP album, Sex and Violence. You guys were in-depth with that one. Yeah, he's also in the music video for Love's Gonna Get You as well. That's from right. Edutainment. He plays the... Drug dealer. The drug dealer. Yeah. Right, right. Now, I recorded that episode at a, at a music venue in Bushwick called El Cortez. I, yes. Yeah, and it was outside. It's the only episode... Well, no, there's another one where I kind of recorded... I recorded a few outside, but that was one... Was he DJing? He was DJing. Oh, I cool. stayed and hung out and watched and hung out with him during his set. Oh, that's amazing! And uh, the, my friend that was the promoter of the show, I hit him up and asked him if he could introduce us. Yeah. And I think Pal Joey was a little like suspicious of me, so he was like, "I can do it right before the show." Like I was trying to be like, "Just come to the crib; it'll be a lot more comfortable." I guarantee you. So. Well, I literally. Part of it. I was just surprised because I think me, you, and my friend Elvis are the only ones that knew who Pal Joey was. Uh-huh. I thought, in this day, I could be wrong, though. I'm glad to hear he's out there still doing his thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. He lives in France, so that's why you don't really see a lot he's of He's big them. in France, of course. Yeah. yeah. I think DJs, like, you know, DJs know who he is. Producers. I mean, the track is so yeah. hot music. Yeah. Infamous. But, yeah, no, that was dope. That was incredible. And, uh, yeah, what was another obscure one? Well, you did one with OPO, and I have to say, oh, yes. he's not obscure, but... no. Not to the underground hip hop heads. No. But he was always my favorite Souls of Mischief member. 
Yeah, me too. Well, I mean, I love them all in different ways, but that one was a great conversation. He was super cool. And L.A.-based, which I actually found surprising. Yeah, currently in L.A., yeah, from the Bay, but living in L.A. He's been there, I think, for a while now. Yeah, and then you also did Opio. No, Opio, and then uh, who's the other guy? I did Tajay as Tajay. well. Tajay. Tajay recorded in, in Oakland at his parents' house. So I found that inspiring. That one was really, that's I one mean, of my top five episodes. I mean, so. he's got a hotel in Panama, was it? Yeah, in Panama. Um, I forgot what it's called off the top of my head but well he's always been a brilliant businessman and, and visionary mm-hmm. and i would felt very inspired by that yeah he was like architect. i'm getting he's an architect he's yeah. you know he's influential in uh underground hip-hop uh in terms of starting his own label distribution right. all those things and then he's in panama he's trying to get out of the united states i found the whole thing inspirational yeah and he picked me up i was waiting in a parking lot somewhere in uh, Lake Merritt, and he picked me up in his pickup truck. He has like an old Toyota pickup, Ford or Toyota pickup truck. You don't see a lot of rappers that have pickup trucks. So I was like, You're right. Oh, wow. Tajay's <laughs> got a pickup truck. That's what's up. Because I grew up in Virginia. So a lot of people down there have pickup trucks. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm grateful for all the episodes, but that was a good one. Well, I got to say, what's your connection with the Hyro? Also, you had Dell. Yes, Dell. Um, that was done in a hotel in, in Lower Manhattan because he was performing with the Gorillas oh, at right. some music festival. It might have been GovBall or right, last right. summer. Um, Hyro had just been a fan of forever, like everyone else. And then, but I have worked with the label in different ways. I was like a publicist uh, for Z-Man. I don't know if you remember Z-Man. I remember Z-Man. So for-, for Z-Man's album, Doper Dog Food, that was put out by Hieroglyphics. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Um, I was hired as the publicist for that release. Oh, nice. And uh, I think I got a, I got a hoodie, and um, I think I got maybe... Uh, I forgot how much money. I did not get a lot of money. Wait, I didn't ask for much was money, this but I asked for a hoodie, and I got it. I actually saw you and Z-Man perform in L.A. when yeah, I when I was living out Echo. there and you were visiting. Was that the Echo? That's right. Um, yeah. In 2004, I think. Like That's that. exactly right. Yeah. Was, was that on, that period? Yeah, because we went, went on tour with AWOL 1. Right. And Brycon. Incredible. All right, you got to get casual next. If you have casual, I've tried a few times. <laughs> I, yeah, I have to go to the Bay to get him, though. Um, Dope. Yeah, I would love to do that. He's a very outspoken guy, too. Um, oh, well, yeah. Uh, and a great, and a great, uh, incredible MC. MC, incredible MC. Yeah, definitely. All right, you just reminded me of another one, and this was a surprise to me. Just Ice. Oh yeah, Just Ice. Just that was like one of the very first episodes. I think it was like episode three or four or something. Like well, that. Just Ice to me kind of fell off the radar a little bit. I don't think a lot of people are talking about yeah. Just Ice. Unfortunately, he was dope in his day and always had crazy original yeah. style. Yeah. But what surprised me about it was how funny he was. He's hilarious. Did not come through in his videos. <laughs> <laughs> no. Or a video music box, or whatever the impression I had of Just Ice came from. No, he's a big guy. He's a, right, he was a bouncer, former bouncer. Yeah. He's still very big, like muscular. Intimidating. He, yeah, he strikes a kind of intimidating... Um, you know. So funny, so sharp. Oh, definitely. Uh, loud. Yeah, um, that's the only episode where I was. We were standing the whole time. The, uh, we were standing up for the entire conversation because he's so animated. Oh yeah, well we were in his room <laughs> he where he got his DJ gig. We had, he had, like his DJ stuff, and then we went into the kitchen, and then we went back. We sort of just I just followed him around his apartment in the Bronx, and um, it was great. Uh, yeah, investigative journalism. I guess you could say that. Yeah. 
I know him because I somehow I booked him at the Knitting Factory a couple times, and then we developed a friendship, and I had his number, and uh, he we sort of like worked together randomly a couple times. He's a legend. Um, yeah, absolutely. And wait, so this reminds me of your Knitting Factory days. Like yeah. I said, audience, me and Pico back. I remember you were just starting Knitting Factory when I moved back here. Right. So it was like oh seven. I probably went to. Ten or more shows that you put together. Yeah, incredible, exactly. incredible, unique shows. And Greg Nice seemed to be at half of them. Have, ah. you, have you interviewed him yet? No, I've asked him a bunch of times, though. you got to yeah. get him. He's, yeah, you know. One of the nicest people in, in music. <clears throat> yeah, I love Greg Nice. He's, I consider him a friend, thankfully. And uh, he lives in Atlanta. So, oh, that's right. Um, it's dip- when he comes to New York, because he comes to New York pretty often when Nice is through do shows. Yeah, yeah. But it's always like in and out and... Um, too fast. I would literally have to chase, like, do the interview in a car with him. Okay. Like, um, but don't close the door on that. <laughs> no, I'm not. If that's how I have to do the conversation, I've done that. I've done the one with Freddie uh, Anzers from Wax Poetics uh, fame. I did that in a car. Okay. Driving now, to work. Now I actually found that interesting too. Yes. Not music exactly, music right. related. Right. Coming from a design perspective, which you know I find right. fascinating, and also. I guess he was saying he worked it for Apple. Yeah. Now he's now he's struck out to do his own thing. He opened an art gallery in San Francisco called Family Affair. That's right next to Groove Merchant, the record store. The classic record store. Yeah. You got to get that guy too. Cool, cool, cool Chris. Chris. Yeah, definitely. Now Freddie, you know, it's worth going back to that conversation because he he invented the lock. I guess he invented and patented the lock sound that you get on your iPhone. So when it has, you know, the sound one is like that's incredible. Or like when you unlock it. Yeah, you know, I don't. I have the X. I don't think it does that anymore. Or I don't keep my audio on. Well, but. whatever the Apple sound design yeah. is, it's got to be. And that was recorded from his high school lock on his locker. Um, that's... That he kept for some weird. Okay, reason. I, I might have missed that uh, at work when I was listening to that. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating, <laughs> like little part of his life. But yeah, Freddie, who I collaborate with when with me and Dame Funk, I have a label called Glide Zone. Yes, and the graphics are beautiful. And it's all Fre- that's all Freddie. Yeah, I could tell it has that very polished. Yeah clean look yeah super clean so um what was the other there was another um guy i'm blanking on parquet courts oh yes andrew um savage from parquet courts yeah great band and kind of an anomaly in the uh show in the show yeah well i always liked that band yeah i love that band and uh and i always liked the artwork and you're asking him about it which i guess he does he does all the artwork now this is one thing i remember about this I think, if you recall, you're, you compared his artwork to uh, Peter Max. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. And I sounded very offended. You were? <laughs> no, not me. I think he was. Oh, you should take that as a huge compliment. That's what it was meant to be. I know. I know you did. I think he, uh, the way I heard it in uh, podcast land, right. I think he was totally dissed. But he oh, shouldn't have. Because I, I, like, I also like Peter Max. Yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know enough of his own influence, Andrew's influences, yeah. to be like, it's more like some other kind of funkier guy from the 60s. Yeah. But I don't know. Something like that. No, you were right. I, I, I got what you're saying, but I, I do recall that. Yeah. I found it interesting. Yeah, I used to be his other band's booking agent, so we we go way back. But I, I do remember that. Uh, I can't remember what they were called, but I think... Ferguson I, Geronimo. That was it. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, is there... I know you're... Heavily in depth, in, involved in the hip hop world, but uh, what other non hip hop uh, acts have you interviewed? Um, I did Cynthia Slay from Bush Tetras, the singer of oh. Bush Tetras, um, incredible band. Yeah, uh, Shilpa Ray, uh, singer, New York based singer. Yep, 
She's um, great. Yeah. Um, like discovered by Nick Cave and has a kind of of that world. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, uh, I've some journalists that I wouldn't necessarily called hip hop, but I mean they covered a lot of hip hop. Yeah. Um, and a handful. Um, I gotta go look back a little bit. There's not. There's definitely not a lot of non hip hop stuff, but that's only because. The hip hop guys are. That's your access. It is. It's like I can. It's people. I don't know. They're easier to get. And some of them I know their stories much more. There's more to be told. Well, that's true too. In some ways. And now, for instance, when uh, Opio comes over, right? For instance, is it you just riffing on your own knowledge, or are you actually going in depth? Um, no, I'll do research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I go off book. I mean, I'm not like <laughs> I'm not looking at a paper. Sometimes I'll glance at one because yeah. I'll want to talk about as much stuff as possible. Yeah, I would say about the Opia one, just as an example, I did. I kind of missed a few of the, the solo releases. So yeah, it did sound like yeah. you had uh, you had that going. Well, I've always found that like, with especially with hip-hop podcasts per se, um, like the, the host, as hard as they try, yes. when they have like a, a guy, an artist or whoever that have, that maybe has been releasing records for 10 or more years, They'll talk about like their one really big one, or the and then the big sophomore album, and then jump to whatever they're doing right now and skip the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth album. So true. Um, you know, which those artists, if you know the records well enough, then there's stuff to be explored there. They're just not that famous of releases. You Unfortunately, know? isn't that true for everyone though? Hip hop or anyone? Of course. I yeah. mean, you know. As much as we want to go through the journey of our favorite artists, you know, we'll right. always gravitate towards the ones that kind of reached us. Although it's always interesting right. when it's that mid-career one or whatever. I love those. Yeah, you know, those are usually aren't particularly great albums, but there's if you go back to them, or you can find something there, they tell a story. Like Souls of Misha, for example, with those guys, I always like talking about No Man's Land, which no one really loves. Which I I remember you talking about them with the with the two members I heard and at the time I was one that was not on board with that record right <laughs> I don't think a lot of people are and even it's the, in, in some ways the group wasn't like there was something there that made that that made that album it's not as important for some reason you know which is you know political they grew they grew up a little bit they were there was a response to all the attention that was thrown at them because of their first album and they were kids yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, they're young guys then, for sure. I mean, for sure. I mean, I, I remember yeah. just them being a couple years older than me, and I was in high school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, did you what see? Mid, did you see mid nineties? I did see mid nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, this this is a tangent. No, no but, it's uh, kind of in the world of the podcast. I. Uh, what'd you think? Um, I think at first um, uh, there was aspects of it that I really loved, and I love that it kind of was made to begin with um but i didn't like the i feel like the continuity of the soundtrack was totally off that's exactly right Right. the music was not matching at all no because i think it oh if i'm not mistaken it opened with a jru song but something from wrath of the math which was like 97 oh that's one thing but also i mean they had i think they did a hip-hop okay Far side, right. a little obvious, fine. Right. I think they did a young black teenagers track in there. Did they? <laughs> probably because the dude that some of that dude from the group probably Fast the bottle. Yeah. Tap the bottle, right. or whatever it was called. But then they would try to. Get, I think he was trying to get a little too. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but uh, the Smiths or the Morrissey track. Right. The Herbie Hancock track. I mean, when it was going right. non hip hop, missed the boat entirely. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, because I mean, um, you know, because they didn't really specify exactly what year it was in that movie either, did they? Well, ninety-five. Let's just say. Okay. Well, that's why I was wasn't. You know, I don't know. Yeah. No, I was with you. I was trying to get year specific too. They kept it vague. They kept it vague because it could have been anywhere from nineteen ninety-three to nineteen ninety-eight. I feel like, which is, you know, those are worlds apart if you were growing up during oh, that absolutely. time. Oh, absolutely. And music yeah. changed dramatically over those that period of time. Yeah, I also think in the skate world, and I wasn't a big skater. Right. Kids were not listening to the Morrissey then. I'm not um, so sure yeah. about that. <laughs> no. I think, you know, and it's, again, it's a Southern California thing, too. So knowing That's that true. knowing that, um, That's true. that the director grew up there, um, although he's a little young to have been in the mid-90s. I don't know how old he is, but... I think um, he's got to be in his 30s. Yeah. Yeah. I love him as an actor. I think he's really a brilliant actor. Wolf Wall Street? Uh, yeah. Wolf Money Wall. Um, yeah. Um, I even... What's another really great one that he was in? The first one I loved. What's that? Probably his best movie. What? And I can't remember, of course. But uh, with <laughs> Michael Sarah. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, the comedy. Yeah, which he sort of got like um, typecast a little bit from there. I super mean, bad. Super bad. Did he right. peak at super bad? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, no, no, he's great. Yeah. Um, hey, I recently uh, he's in um, uh, that Quentin Tarantino movie as a Klansman as well. Do you remember that? Like in uh, what was the movie Jamie Fox was in? Was he in that? Yeah, for a minute. He's a, yeah, I didn't catch that. Part. Yeah. He's in the clan. I didn't remember He's like that. comic relief. Yeah, okay, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But so, mid-90s, cool, great cast, interesting uh, uh, improv going on. Yes. For non-actors. Uh, music could have been a little bit tighter. They probably should have had at least like had the Sublime song in there, which I, you know. I think that sounds right. You know, for <laughs> what it's worth, I mean, uh, they probably could have had some some fucking oh Peter by the way you're gonna be hearing a lot of Sublime uh, in your next move <laughs> right they listen to Sublime out there like we listen to Billy Joel here it's just on, <laughs> it's on classic rock radio <laughs> well I remember when I was in college that was the first time I ever really heard Sublime it, when I was in California I didn't really get to me when no. I was in high school and... Sublime is an important band to a lot of people yeah and apparently Blink-182 I don't know why for me that's silly but yeah. that was I don't a, really get that but... that was a big that's a big group out there just, yeah. just be prepared and they don't mean that ironically either they're, no. they're, they're all aboard I mean the fact that Sublime with Rome is, <laughs> is actually like a very successful group oh that's the guy that's yeah. basically doing the, the raps yeah he's the front man for a long time now. yeah but you know who gets no props uh, 311 and, and you know what? They shouldn't. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Investigate 311, right? Um, so, yeah, what else? What else? And what other podcasts? Um, I'm trying to reflect on it, too, because now it's been, uh, you know, a new, it's a new year. It's top of January. Well, first of all, like I was alluding to earlier, that, that the people that you interview, a little bit under the radar. Mm-hmm. You interviewed the guy from Kate Creole and the Coconuts. Oh, yeah. Um, Koti Mundi. Koti Mundi. That was actually the very first uh, recording I ever did for the podcast. I did the. It ended okay. up being episode two. That was done uh, in a McDonald's in a really loud McDonald's. Yes. And thank God, shout out to C.J. Stewart, um, longtime editor of the show. But he, that was like we had to do intensive uh, sound manipulation to yeah. condense the all the show because we didn't have anywhere to record it. Yes. Yeah, shout out to DJ C.J. I remember him. Yes, of course. Um, and. Kota Mundi? Koti Mundi. Koti Mundi, from Kid Creole and the Coconuts, and his own work, too, right? Oh, yeah, he's got some really great solo. He has two solo albums. Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing a couple songs. And then, you know, you're kind of tapped into that world, too, that that world of New York, early 80s, um, 
you know, lounge lizards, bush tetras. Yeah, sort of no wave. The no wave stuff. era. Did yeah. you actually interview Ardo Lindsay? No, I asked him a few times. Yeah. But we didn't, because he, he lives in Brazil. So right. I got to get him when he is in town, wherever that might be. Yeah. And that was his agent for a while. I know. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, yeah, I would really like to, because he's had a pretty storied career. Anyone else from that world? Because I want to do James Chance from James Chance on the Contortions. He oh. and I have talked a bunch of times about doing it. I just have to, like, make it happen. That See, that's the kind of thing that I feel like, you know, a special part of New York history, special part of culture. Yeah. It's gone on to influence a million things. Nobody's talking to these guys. So right. kudos to you, Peter, for, for, oh, for digging these people up. Yeah. And you you were working with Bush Tetris, too, right? Yeah. As of now, I'm still their agent. I'm oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean Love to fire them. you there. They're great. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, everything is still on, on, on deck, although we're yeah, kind of, they don't do a ton of shows. So. Yeah, oh, classic, classic New York band. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so I, I don't want to give away what's coming up. You're just yeah. telling me some... Uh, yeah, I got a couple classic Brooklyn uh, episodes. You know, I haven't really talked about this on the show, but I am moving away from New York. Oh, so sorry, was, was that a giveaway? That was that was my uh, joke about Sublime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can talk about it too, though. But I am moving to LA, so I know. Um, after okay. over fifteen years or fifteen years living here in New York, Brooklyn will miss you. Oh, I'll miss Brooklyn and Brooklyn rappers in particular. I feel like who are some of the Brooklyn rappers you actually uh, specifically? Brooklyn rappers that have been on the show. Let's see, because I'm not. We're not looking at the uh, at the screen at the show. Off right the dome now. here. Well, Godfather Don. Yes, another fascinating interview. How did you find him? Well, it took years actually, but it kind of went through a friend of mine in the UK. This guy Dave, who runs uh, a label called Diggers with Gratitude. Right. So right. I used to know Dave when he went by Rare Dave, and we used to like trade tapes like in the '90s and stuff over no the internet, kidding, message yeah. boards and shit. I know Diggers with Gratitude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually visited him a long, long time ago in Brighton, uh, England. No shit. And, he, and when I visited him, he had uh, one of the this one record I've been looking for for my whole life, which you just don't ever see. But it's the show is Tribe Called Quest, uh, the show vinyl. For Midnight Marauders, so it's a it was a double vinyl instrumental album of Midnight Marauders that, that was they would spin. Yeah, that Alicia Himam would spin during shows. So it had like some of the songs, the instrumentals were like a, a little different from the actual vo oh, vocal version. So they would dope. have like extended outros or sort of different break up breakdowns yeah, 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 and intros. Yeah. He somehow had this, you know. <laughs> so shout out to him. But he he's who ultimately connected me with Don. And then Don and I exchanged multiple emails before we finally got to the point of, of agreeing to do the interview. I mean, that brought back so many memories for me. Ultra Mag, of course, but of course. the Select Records, Flatbush oh, yeah. era. Chub Rock. Chub Rock. Red Hot Lover. Well, Red Hot Lover Tone was on Select, not Flatbush era. It was on Select. Yes. And I think I have a number one player album over here. And somewhere. you know, that was my high school nickname, Red Hot Lover Tone. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course. Well, yeah, you got red hair. Of course. And then, uh, then no, was it a group? Eighteen with Hot Dog. Yeah, love them. When he brought that, love up, that group. I totally. When you guys were talking about that, I got very hyped on that because I completely forgot about well, that. Well, no, that's a group that no one is talking. <laughs> Nobody's about. talking about Eighteen yeah. anymore, but they were dope. No, and I like that he was like a fan. He made mention that he was a fan of Eighteen. You know, and also he was hyping a Melly Mel record 
I don't oh. know when it came, like a later Melly Mel exactly. record that I had no clue about. And it actually made me look it up on Discogs. I mean, I didn't know about it either. And actually, my friend Sean that listens to the show too, an old buddy of mine, he he told me it was a great album too. I, I mean, gotta, I got to peep that. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to Godfather Don, and that, who's yeah. now an incredible jazz player. Yes. Every Sunday now, uh, having yeah. a little residency. Got to yes. check that. Barbess in Park Slope in January. So when this comes out, I don't know, but look for him. Right. Yeah. What's his What's his name now? What's he going? Well, his name's Rod, Rodney Chapman. This is actually Rodney name. Chapman. Yeah. Look and out for him. Yeah, the Open Mind is his group. Godfather Don's jazz trio. Yeah, he plays tenor sax. Well, that was incredible. Again, oh, yeah. I, I consider that a bit of investigative journalism, right? Disguised as music journalism. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think like I'm trying to think of other Brooklyn rappers. Though I mean, there's been a lot of rappers, but it's funny. It's, mo- it's a lot of guys from the Bronx and Queens, and um, your boy's the Legion. The Legion, I've yeah. been on the show a couple of times. So. Peter is always a huge Legion fan. He booked down. How many times have you booked down? It's got to be. <laughs> a times, I, I've at least seen them ten times. Right. So, uh, which I yeah. find to be uh, incredible. Yeah. I, I love the loyalty. And, of course, they made a great album. Yeah, they did make a good album. Yeah, Great yeah. album. Um, Power Rule. He's, uh, oh, that was dope. He's from Queens, though. He for, That guy is ageless. Seriously, I remember him. I mean, he just sounds hyped. He sounds on point. He, he seemed to be into things. He was right. cool. He was cool, for yeah. sure. Um, that's another one kind of like in the same sort of obscure um, world. Power wall, yeah. Incredible. Brick, yeah. In the, brick in the wall. Yeah, brick in the wall, classic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Actually, his older material was great. I mean, he, yeah, I think he's got a new album coming out as no, well. He was dope. Yeah. Um, so you're doing a podcast pretty soon too. Like you're not producing one, but you're guesting on one. Is that something we can talk about? Sure. Uh, in addition to being a designer for Female Fun Records, I have a <laughs> I have a comic strip, My Wingman. Check it out on your socials at My Wingman. And uh, yeah, I've been interv- I've been asked to join True Stills Radio next cool. week. Yeah. Okay. Check it out and to talk about the history and story of My My Wingman. People want to know about My Wingman. The people want to know how did it happen? What's it all about? How, now, can, we, how can we get more? You you post. There's one new one every day, right, on Instagram. Oh, I wish I'm not that prolific. Okay. Uh, once a week. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, we just did a five year. When I say we, I mean me. I just did our five year anniversary. Really? Put together a zine of the collection of all the greatest hits. Amazing. And. Uh, it's for sale on, right now. On, right now, check it out. Hit me up on the on the Instagram, and I've got one for you, Peter. Oh, Brought it over to you, absolutely. And it's been a great experience that whole zine. I mean, it's been great building the the, the comic strip. Is Lou still in effect with it? Or? Lou is my original partner. Who you know, who's the comedian and writer, yeah, producer. On The Simpsons. Uh, we started it together, but uh, you know, I've actually taken on the writing. So if you oh, like cool. the jokes and the drawings. You've got me to thank. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a good, you know, I'm You're a, a regular Charles Schultz. That, well, I've been, I've, it's been described to me as Charles Bukowski does the peanuts. And I take uh, that nice. as a high compliment. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm an artist, went to art school, always draw. Here in New York? Yep. SVA. Um, cool. But, uh, you know, I never thought of myself as a writer, mm-hmm. but this has really given me an outlet. So I've really enjoyed it and uh, you know, crafting the. The jokes, the humor, things yeah. like that. So it's like mostly, it's almost all set in a bar, right? My wingman is always in a bar, and that's sort of the, those are the parameters I, I created specifically yeah. for it. And that's just because 
my wingman is really not about a bar. It's really about connection. It's about right. you. It's about two people always talking. Right. Two guys, two girls, a guy and a girl. Whoever right. it is, that's your wingman. And really, that's <laughs> what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. I've certainly had many experiences uh, similar to the strip in various bars. I mean, I have a, I'm a regular at a, a, a one here in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we can all relate to it. To me, the bar is not so important, but of right. course, that's a relatable. It's also a comic trope. Oh, big time! I'll yeah. be I'll be honest. It could have been either that or a desert island. I, that it was really a okay. toss up between the two. Then you're getting closer <laughs> to a Jim Larson type uh, of thing. The far side, a big influence, but yeah, yeah you're right. It was getting it a little was more too like avant garde, like uh, surreal. Location. Yeah, surrealist stuff. Yeah, which you know, love that stuff. But yeah, sure. I think I was going for more the 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 human condition. Right. Yeah. The connection between people. Yeah. I mean, one thing I love about what can happen at a bar, especially in New York, because no one has to drive to a bar in New York. You're going to be missing that a little bit. A little bit. I'm it might be kind of good for my insides. I understand that. Yeah. You um, might, or you'll be walking to your bars. Yes. I might have a you know good three or four mile walk <laughs> to my local bar. You also have Uber now in LA, yeah. which I did not have. Yes. Yeah. That'll be a little easier. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, I don't have a driver's license. Oh, so. Peter, we got, we got things to do. We got things to do. Right. Uh, but no, the point I was trying to make is that there's a certain level of camaraderie that can be nurtured in a New York City bar because it's it's a lot of people just pop in before they get home from work, on their way home from work. Some never leave, you know? Well, absolutely. And, you know, I can't really relate to, like, the Cheers lifestyle. Right. I don't have a regular where I go every day. Right. Sounds fun in theory, but sure. I don't know. Who's got time? But right. you'd be a surprise. <laughs> but well, that means you have a healthy home life too. Some people don't want to go home. Though there's that. Well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but uh, thankfully, I do. But yeah, a I lovely will, family. A lovely family. Yeah. Um, hello, wife and son, if you're listening. Um, but I think really the point is the more in our modern lives we're busy with work, we're on our phones, yeah. we're around the clock, we're constantly engaged with a million things. I think maybe the bar or maybe getting a cup of coffee with people yeah are the rare times that you can really catch up with people and connect yeah for sure including family including right. uh you know your well, parents or yeah. your significant others especially like it's face to face you know like that's that, the which thing is becoming seemingly more rare these days so you have to make more of an effort sometimes. i mean peter you and i are a good example i consider you a good friend but i don't think i've seen you in a year I know, and we live very close to one another too. We do. How many stops on the train? Three. I took, it took me three stops to get here. Um, That's crazy. Which is a shame. No, I might have seen you this year, but very quickly. I think the last show. time I saw you, for real, for real, was on the boat with Prince Paul and Peanut Butter Wolf. Oh, now, did we see? Any, have I we think seen? I saw you, now that was a lot of fun, by the way. Thank you for that invite. That was about a year ago, though. That was that show. I think I saw you after that. It was a Royal Truck Show. Oh yeah. Um, at uh, and, Marking and, Hotel, and you're. Uh, at, She'll parade with... Oh, right, she opened up. Yeah, right. that was great. Um, that was a weird show. That was a weird show. Yeah. yeah well, I, Royal Trucks were... Well, you know, I'm a big Royal on. Trucks fan, and uh, yeah, I was. I came out of there not understanding why I was such a big fan. I mean, they were, you know, I guess the same, but I didn't remember them that way. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, they're awesome, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to keep... Love that I, venue, though. Yeah, great venue. Great venue. Marketing I think their next. I think Royal Trucks are playing like some much larger room coming up. Oh, Terminal by the Five way, or something. I mean, like speaking of album covers and right. Royal Trucks, have you seen their album cover? Uh, What's well, like a? It's like I guess it's their name spelled out in cocaine on a mirror. Uh, it's no, pretty genius. That. So right. uh, kudos to that art director. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, they love to party. That's for sure. <laughs> you know. 
Uh, well, what else before we kind of wrap this up? To want to do a quick one with you, but yeah, well, you know, but you've always been a big supporter of the show, which I really appreciate first and foremost. Well, thank you, and you've always been a big supporter of me, and so I thank you. For oh that. yeah, for sure, and and all artists, ah, bands, well, thank you. rappers, <laughs> a lot of rappers in there, a lot of DJs, yeah, obscure seventies no wave artists. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, we've done some great party flyers too for yes, Triple Crown. Yes, we have. Also, I dug up an old South by uh, oh. uh, flyer that I did for you, and I feel like the coup was on the on the bill. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. why I that's the one with the cactus on it. Yeah, yeah the coup. You, you posted that one. Yes, recently, and I it was, was people like, in the stairs. The coup, uh, young fathers. Yes, um, another huge group. Great group. Yeah, uh, cl- uh, clipping, which would be the guy. The uh, guy in uh, that other movie. That's not. <laughs> yes. uh, sorry to bother you. <laughs> the other <laughs> Oakland movie. Right. 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 <laughs> Um, David Diggs, who was in David Hamilton, of course, uh, I haven't who, seen it. Who played my lowly uh, South by Southwest party in like Cheer Up Charlie's, which is a tiny little dive bar. Look at that. And also my my dude Kirby Dominant. Shouts to Kirby. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah, you did that. You did my uh, Professor X um, kind of tribute oh. night right after he passed away. That was incredible. What he, an honor it was to do that, and I, what an honor that you actually connected with him before he. Yeah, passed. And just for a few months, but we hung out a couple of times and. He, I remember, and I'm, this is a humble brag to people that even care or know who he is. Yes. Professor X of X-Clan or whatever. But one time we talked, I think the first time we talked on the phone, he was like, I heard you're the guy to talk to about something, like <laughs> doing shows or something like that. I'm like, well, I mean, R.I.P. Professor X and X-Clan, what an incredible band. Yes, of course. Such an influence to me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and still active and out there. Yeah, Brother Jay. Mm-hmm. I believe an L.A. resident. Yes, yes. And then we did another one that was sort of like a Dilla tribute right after he passed away. Days oh. after. Fantastic was what it was called. I'm pretty sure you did that flyer. I, if, Mr. I did, if I did, I don't remember. But thank you. Uh, yeah. It's always been fun. But Peter, I just wish you luck on your on your move. Thank you. And uh, and this podcast is going to be even better in 2019. Yeah. In 2020, hopefully. it's going to be on even more platforms. I certainly which, hope so. Which we can't wait for. Yeah. I'm hoping that by sometime in 2019, I can get on Spotify. You know, I think or, or hopefully some other thing that's even more interesting than Spotify. I don't particularly, uh, I'm not obsessed with it. You know? I'm gonna say something that you're gonna hear a lot in Hollywood. I know a guy, so uh, yeah, talk uh, to cool. me. I'm gonna uh, uh, hopefully it's not gonna be like you should film this because that's the <laughs> other thing everyone tells me. I don't necessarily want to film these. Well, don't film it, but um, maybe you want to, uh, yeah, I mean. Maybe you do want to film it. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe out there I will. Yeah, I could be like it. Tom Green. Remember Tom Green's show at I his do. house? I do. That I would do. My apartment here is very dimly lit, so the New York. I'm doing a very New York thing. It's I like darkness yeah. here. Well, the light, the light in LA is gonna brighten your mood. Definitely. And I will say, you will not read many books. Okay, <laughs> so I shouldn't pack up all these books that I've been packing. Pack them up just for show. But yeah, uh, I'll be out and about the whole time, right? Not, I don't know what it is. It's the cliche is true. It was for me. I'm a I'm an avid reader. I lived right. out there for five years. I think I read one book. Wow. I, don't, I don't know what it was. I think it's the light. Yeah. The light makes you want to be out. Yeah, yeah. And explore. Cool. Which is a great thing. It is. But anyway, thank you very much, Peter, and uh, good luck, man. Thank you, and uh, um, everybody, make sure you check out my wingman. At my wingman. Peace. Peace, man. Thank you.